The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview, and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a blessing it is to come again this day with you and share from God's Word. And last week we talked about Yom Kippur and we continue with the fall feasts as we talk this week about Sukkot. But let's pray first. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. And we say, Lord, thank you for this season this season of intensity with you, this season of closeness with you, this season where, Lord, you just reign in our hearts. And so thank you, Father. And we just pray that this program will be right from you, Lord, that it it will touch the hearts of the people listening and that they will come closer to you. So we bless you, thank you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right. So I love this time of year because there's such a strong focus on the Lord. It's really an amazing time. And during this week, um, we have celebrated as a Friday evening uh, Sukkot. We built a large uh, booth, so to speak, or a a, uh, tabernacle in front of our synagogue and uh, we love to be out there and uh, the kids love it as well and we we eat out there and talk and so it's a wonderful time and this is just a great time for uh, one of our rabbis to come visit your church uh, and speak to you on the appointed times on uh, just what has transpired over these past few weeks and how does it affect the church at this time so email me or call and we'll set it up uh, you can email me at rabbi at heart of messiah.org or call karen at 813-831-5673 you know we love visitors come to our services friday night and saturday morning you can bring uh pre-believing Jewish friends, that would be a blessing, or just watch us on um, online, Facebook online. We have our all our services online. We'd love to have you join us. So, let's look at Sukkot. Sukkot also, like Rosh Hashanah, has many names. And uh, so, one of the names um, is Chag HaAsif, which is the Festival of Ingathering. Or Chag HaSukkot, 
which is the festival of booths or tabernacle, or a hechag, which is just the festival. And we're going to see where it's called the festival in scripture. Chag Hashem, which is the festival of the Lord, and Zaman Simchatenu, which is the time of our rejoicing. Let's read from Leviticus a little bit of what it says about Sukkot in chapter 23, verse 34. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. The first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. So really, what this holy day is in in this portion of the scripture is that we have services on the first day, we have services on the eighth day, and we give offering to the Lord, right? So it started this past Friday night, and it will end really on uh, Saturday, a week. Um, That will be the eighth day, and that is a special holy day, actually. So in verse 40, it says, You shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It will be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Now, uh, I always like to ask, how long is forever? Okay, you answer that question. I'm just saying these aren't Jewish holidays or holy days. These are holy days, I believe, for all believers. You shall, uh, verse 42, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So we are to live in booths temporarily and, and if, especially if you live in Israel. But um, a number of people like to live in the booths. Some people find that uh, maybe it's not such a good thing. So, um, but we decorate the booths with beautiful trees and branches and uh, willows. And, and uh, it's, it, we leave the roof pretty much open. There, there is some parts on the roof, but you can see the sky. And we have to understand that this is a temporary dwelling. It's only meant for eight days. And it's a time where we focus on relying on God. That's why there's no roof. And that's why it's a temporary building. It's not really uh, strong in terms of the foundation. So we rely on God to keep the weather nice. We rely on God to keep the the uh, booth up and so on and so forth. But we are relying on God. Sukkot is another holy day where you have to connect the dots between the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant. So in Isaiah 12, verse 2, one of my favorite scriptures, behold, God is my salvation. 
I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. Three times it says the word salvation. And you know in the Hebrew, that's Yeshua. And you know when we translate Yeshua into the English in terms of the church calls him Jesus, right? Okay, so that already is amazing. But you couple it with the new covenant, uh, John 7, 37 and 38. Uh, it says on the last day, the great day of the feast. Okay, remember I told you it's called the feast. And so we're talking about Sukkot now. Yeshua, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So as Yeshua was saying these, this besides Isaiah 12, there are other scriptures that were probably remembered at the same time, like Isaiah 44, 3. I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Or Isaiah fifty eight eleven, then Adonai will guide you continually, uh, satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. And Ezekiel 47 talks about the river of life. And Zechariah 14, 8 talks about, moreover, in that day, living waters will flow from Jerusalem. Do you see it all coming together? It's amazing. Yeshua at Sukkot is the fulfillment of all of these scriptures. He provides us nourishment. He provides this living water. Now, during the Feast of Sukkot in the first century, the Jewish people took part in, in what was called a water drawing ceremony on the last day of the feast. And I've got to tell you, this feast was the feast of all feasts. This was where the joy was over the top. And they would go down to the Pool of Salaam, draw water, bring it into the Temple Mount. There would be an entire procession. Uh, people would be singing and dancing and there'd be joy and then they'd pour the water out and recite Isaiah 12 therefore you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation remember salvation Yeshua remember okay imagine the scene at the time of Yeshua's appearance it's likely that in the midst of the ceremony he took up he stood up and proclaimed if anyone's thirsty let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture says, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Do you see how it all comes together? It is really amazing. And in Exodus twenty three fourteen, we learn that three times a year, the Jewish men were to go to Israel and celebrate the holy days there. Now, the first one was Passover, the Feast of Matzot. Um, and the second one, Shavuot, which was uh, what you might call Pentecost. We call it Shavuot. And that's the uh, harvest, the first fruits. And then finally, the third one is Sukkot. And that's really important to remember, but we'll tell you why later. We celebrate the Sukkot 
It's an ingathering, not only from the field of harvest, but a time when Yeshua, the Messiah, one day will return and gather up those who have received him. So we see that Sukkot, just like the other holy days, has an amazing future prophetically, a real purpose. Uh, Zechariah 14, 16 and 17 says all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzavoot, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, if any of the nations on earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, they'll have no rain. So instead of coming to Jerusalem for battle, now the nations come to honor God and to remember his faithfulness by keeping the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Is that amazing? And Yeshua told us to go to the ends of the earth with the good news. But in the millennial the millennium, the earth will come to Jerusalem and worship and honor God. So. The final Sukkot is recorded in Revelation 21, 1 through 6. And I got to read this to you. It is so cool. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw, I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for his husband or her husband. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, no nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, or the former things have passed away. And the one seated upon the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Right for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will freely give from the springs of the water of life. So God emphasizes this final gathering of believers. He describes which uh, whose name was written in the book of life in the new this new chapter in the plan. It is done. It is you know, and and then he speaks uh, of the freely drinking from the water of life. And I just pray that this excites you to see Scripture come. To together in such a tangible way is just an amazing thing. It just should give you faith. It gives you hope. It shows you that God is on the throne and his scripture is true just like he is true yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. His truth is not relative. It doesn't change with time. His truth is always the same. So Sukkot was known as the holy day that commemorates God dwelling with his people. And how fitting for the kingdom of God when it fully comes to the redeemed earth to be considered the ultimate fulfillment of this holy day. God himself will finally dwell with his people in all his fullness. The sukkah of God will be among men when Messiah Yeshua dwells as the ruler of the thousand year messianic kingdom. So remember, if any man thirsts, let him come to Yeshua 
and drink, certainly an amazing reason for great joy. But consider some other things. I won't be dogmatic about this, uh, but just consider this idea. It is possible that Yeshua was born during Sukkot, which would be September, October, depending on the year. There was no room in the inn, right? Why? Well, maybe because it was one of the three pilgrimage festivals, and so that brought all the men to Jerusalem. It was crowded. And so let's look at another possibility. Born in a sukkah. Instead of what we call a manger, maybe he was born in actually a sukkah that were put up all throughout Jerusalem. And we read that the shepherds were tending their flock by night. But I got to tell you, if you've ever been to Jerusalem and the hills around it in December, it is chilly. And it could have been in the low 40s or even possibly the 30s. And it's unlikely that they were tending their flock by night. But Yeshua's birth, if it were September, October, the weather would still have been that type of weather. So, look, let me just mention one other possibility. If that were the case, that he was born at Sukkot, then he probably would have been conceived at the time of Hanukkah. And that's an interesting thing to ponder because Yeshua is the uh, the light of the world and uh, Hanukkah is the festival of lights. And so uh, also Hanukkah m- means dedication. What an interesting possibility that Yeshua would be born at that time. Now, some traditions, both in the Jewish community as well as the Messianic community, uh, is to have each evening of the feast uh, a lulav and etrog. Now, lulav is uh, a palm branch along with a myrtle branch and a willow branch, and they're combined. And actually, even though the lulav is the uh, palm branch, the three of them combined is also called the lulav. And also um, an etrog, which is a citron fruit, um, they're wrapped together and they're waved in every direction, symbolizing the harvest and God's omnipresence over this world. It's also a tradition in the teaching that each of these species, meaning the, the lulav, the myrtle, the willow, and the etrog, Um, they represent different types of people. And so the teaching goes something like this. The lulav, which comes from a date palm, has a fruit that tastes sweet, yet has no fragrance. So some people have knowledge, but no good deeds. The myrtle is just the opposite, having a nice fragrance, yet no taste, which represents good deeds without true knowledge. The willow, since it possesses neither taste nor smell, represents the person who lacks both knowledge and deeds, though this doesn't seem to have a real purpose in in explanation for us. Perhaps this can serve as a reminder that faith without works is dead and and finally the etrog which tastes sweet and has a delightful aroma represents a person with knowledge of torah the instruction of god and good deeds so just remember as we finish talking about these uh fall appointed times that they're a picture 
for us to think about expectantly. Rosh Hashanah is the shofar blast. And as you remember, it's called Yom Teruah. That's the shofar blast. The Lord returns one day, redeems his people. Yom Kippur, 10 days later, Jews have that final moment. And then the world has a final moment to accept Yeshua uh, as their atonement for their sins. And then Sukkot, God gathers up his people to tabernacle with them. Now, one of the things I love to do, and we just have a little bit of time to do it, is I'm going to summarize this holy day using what I call the R's. Every word will have an R to begin with. And so Rosh Hashanah, we start out by reflecting as we get quiet before the Lord. We recognize our sins and we repent of our sins all the way up through Yom Kippur where we are redeemed as our sins are forgiven because we are redeemed we are now reconciled to God and to man and boy do I pray about being reconciled not only to God but to man too oh my goodness any rate and finally in Yom Kippur we receive God's love and mercy because of that reconciliation. Does that make sense to you? Sukkot is all about rejoicing in the Lord because we've been reconciled to man and God. We receive God's love and mercy. It's a time to rejoice, a time to remember the Lord, and a time to retell about the Lord's love. And what are the results of keeping these holy days I believe the results are we are renewed, we are refreshed, and we are revived. Hallelujah. So I am excited each year when this comes around because it gives me a spiritual shot in the arm. And uh, so I just bring this uh, to you. Let me just mention uh, one other scripture that I love is Revelation 7.17. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne shall shepherd them and guide them to springs of living water, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is part of the Sukkot, and uh, what a, a, a tremendous thing this will be. Well, listen, we, this is all we have time for. We're going to start a whole new subject next week. I pray that you'll be with us. This is a great time for our rabbis to visit your church or speak at one of your functions, uh, you know, or even a Bible study. We'd love to talk about scripture and the appointed times and, and how it affects Christians. So email me and we'll set it up or call Karen. You can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. You can call Karen at 813-831-5673. And um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to come visit with your Jewish friends. We'd love for you to watch on Facebook Live. Just go to Sharesh David and it'll go right to our Facebook Live Friday night, 730, Saturday, 11 in the morning. And uh, let me just mention that Leviticus 23 talks about giving gifts and vows and free will offerings to Adonai. So I pray that this radio program.
program, if it ministers to you, you will consider doing that very thing that Leviticus 23, 38 says. Call Karen, 813-831-5673 at our office. Go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. I appreciate your prayer and financial involvement. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this time that we've had together. I pray that people were blessed. And I pray that you, Lord, would make to the people listening to my voice, they would make you first priority and that they would grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah, the God of Israel